Semper Fi soldier. This is Brigadier General uh, Jordan, uh, commander of the uh, Gale Boys Battalion, joined by my uh, fateful Lieutenant William. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, we're going to kind of do something a little bit for the month of February. Now we're going to do a bit of a 9-11 retrospective, mostly because we just we both just mm-hmm. finished blowback and uh, we're a bit on a 9-11 kick. And I thought we'd start this uh, this 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 miniseries off with uh, a game that uh, is so funny. We we planned to do this way before what would happen. So this game got delisted from Steam and Xbox and we're going to get into it, but um, <laughs> very, very dubious circumstances why this got delisted. But this is our Spec Ops The Line retrospective. Um, I would say probably the most politically radical game of the last 15 years. More so than most would even give it credit for, because it is... Yeah, holy shit, what a, what a nightmare this game is. But uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But before we get into the horrors of war and war crimes and terror, let's get into the news. How's that ass feel? So uh, Peter Thiel is actually doing something good for once. Uh, he is funding basically the Olympics with no um, with no drug testing, and it sounds fucking awesome. It sounds like the episode of Futurama where the Harlem Globetrotters fight the atomic Superman that the professor creates. Like this is just one of those things. I'm like, so we're just gonna do the Olympics with no drug testing, no morals. This is. This sounds like, like, regardless of what you think, that sounds like a fun fucking pitch. If I was an insane billionaire like Pierre Thiel, that's, that's probably, like, if you, if you can do literally anything, I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll, I'll fund blood sports, fuck it, why not? Like, fucking, uh, who was that, um, he was like a Tour de France guy, he was big, and then he got caught for doping and had all his uh, honours stripped away. Yeah, the oh, fuck was God. that again? Um, is it French? Oh, it wasn't Michael Phelps, was it? Uh, no, that was a, that oh, was no, a... Michael Phelps was like, yeah, that was another example. Yeah, the uh, the world of uh, conspe- uh, competitive sports is like half of it is just filled with doping allegations and oh, shit. Right. So it's like, yeah, fuck it, let's let's do the Olympics, but uh, with no distractions. Well, I mean, if you it, the sports in general is like one of the most corrupt fucking th- industries in the world. It's every single sport. I mean. Russia like still can compete in the Olympics after what they've been banned like 10 times for doping and I I honestly think like who gives a shit about the Olympics so we gotta like I was thinking about the XFL reading about what this was gonna be if you don't remember the XFL was um, Vince McMahon Mr. WWE's attempt to break into American football and it had one of the most outrageous ad campaigns I've ever seen. If there's like videos of football players running through the field as they're shooting cannons at them, naked women gyrating, like this looks fucking awesome. And then you watch it, and it's just mediocre ass football. But my hope is like, if, if this does come to fruition, we'll see like men who look like complete fucking circus freaks coming out and lifting weights or doing some like fucking combat sports. Like there's potential for this to be morally this is repulsive but in terms of entertainment and content this is this is fantastic it just could be the end of rocky four but it's to uh ivan Drago's punching each other to death yeah man if, you, if you're gonna have your bread and circuses and yeah fuck it this just, is yeah yeah bring back yeah fuck it bring back uh gladiator sports bring back fucking uh fucking hulking men punching each other to death well i mean we've we've talked about this peter Thiel's no longer donating to the gop because um, he doesn't want his money going to Donald Trump's legal bills, so he's got to, he's got to do something <laughs> with all that fucking money. So I would say, 
more power to you, Mr. Teal, uh, along with you and your weird journey to live forever. Um, I did, look... did you see that thing in uh, Florida recently where the uh, like state GOP tried to like pay all of Trump's legal bills to tax money? And DeSantis was like, yeah, that's not happening. I, I did read about <laughs> and, this. And so the governor motherfuckers. I... I... <laughs> I love how that campaign was such a fucking disaster that his own state was ready to jump ship, even though he's still in office at the time. That's how yeah. bad he fucked this up. It's like, well, shit, we gotta, like, obviously we gotta get in bed. Because that's the thing about the GOP that's like, once Trump dies, I don't know what's gonna fucking happen to them. I feel like I could take literal decades for them to recover from his death, because... As soon as, like, DeSantis faltered and, like, Nikki Haley's gonna fall, it's like, what else do we got? So let's all ride or die for Mr. fucking Orange Man at this point. Fuck it. I talked about this with uh, Snell recently. The GOP is basically just his own personal cult. When Trump dies, it's, uh, like, 90% of them thinks, like, regardless of how he dies, like, he just shits himself in the toilet or whatever, 90% of the GOP will think he was assassinated. I I've, I've yeah, the, 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 this 80-year-old mincing pervert that fucking loves us to uh, big Max and Diet Coke here, the deep state gone. Yeah. I, I have a theory, and I know this is going to, I'm not saying this has to be done, but it's the only way that we're not going to have a civil war in the United States. He has to be killed JFK style in the most public display possible, because that's the only way... Like, if he dies of a heart attack in his mansion, people will think he was poisoned or something. The conspiracies will never fucking end. He has to have, like, a JFK style, blow his fucking brains out in public. That's the only way that his uh, his audience will accept his death and not think he's, like, fighting the deep state behind the scenes still. Like, because they still think that with, like, JFK Jr. and shit like that, so... We, we have to, I'm sorry, that's the only way it's, uh, we're gonna see closure of people accepting he's actually dead, so, and I'm not saying anyone should do that, because legal fit, but I am saying that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, the, uh, that's the whitest kids you know meme. I also found out that it's incredibly illegal, extremely illegal, to go on television and say something like the best place to fire a mortar launcher at the White House would be from the roof of the Rockefeller Hewitt building because of minimal security and you'd have a clear line of sight to the president's bedroom. Insanely illegal. Ridiculously, recklessly, insanely illegal. Yet even more illegal to show an illustrated diagram. I'm saying for the future of the country, if, if it comes down to it, that's the only way a civil war is completely averted. We'll have a Lee Harvey Oswald we can throw to the wolves, have him killed, you know? Yeah. We can we can do whatever we want with him after that, but we need we need to do that or else the country burns. We'll, That's it. We'll draft the, uh, the screaming lab and just give her a fucking sniper rifle and make her the fall guy. He, he was taken out by some uh, by some crazy radical what was in the deep state. Yeah, let's get that screaming lib girl after the inauguration. <laughs> she she needs a redemption arc, and what better way to do that than uh, doing that? I would say. Oh Jesus! But enough planning of political assassinations. Uh, in other political news, uh, Israel's in uh, some some interesting. Is like everyone kind of hates them, but also won't admit they hate them. They're, but there was a huge ruling right now that just took place and a lot of people, the ICG ruling that a lot of people seem to be very, um... The ICG basically said that, like, Israel was, it's plausible that Israel was committing genocide, but because of October 7th, they still have, like, the right to continue this war. They just, they should just tamper down on the fucking war crimes. And Israel was like, no, we're, we're 
fucking pedal to the metal we're, we're going to continue killing as as many people as we can imagine a fucking um like fucking slobodan milosevic gets sent to the hague and it's like yeah we're even though i'm here i'm not gonna stop killing fucking bosnian muslims i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna stop that it's uh it's, it's literally oh boy. i think it's just also we'll never get another opportunity to do this so that's partly why they're so rare die to keep this going because you can't stop and start a genocide again it's not like a car you got to burn that fucker out till there's nothing left but there's basically just a massive genocide machine that the united states has been funding for the last like since like 1948 because people tend to forget that like israel's been doing this pretty much since its founding like in day one fucking 1948 they just they just killed a bunch of palestinians and took all their houses through the fucking Nakba. As Joe calls it, the uh, the Day of Liberation. And it's like a national holiday over there. You killed like like 10,000 Palestinians and rounded their fucking, like, the rest of them into this giant open air camp called Gaza. And you've just been fucking with them for the last like 70 years. Yep. And um, yeah, they're not. I will say this, I don't know how this ends. Like I said, we've seen a lot of people uh, really right there. My favorite is still Bill Ackman, who got that woman fired, and then they fired his wife, and then he had, like, a public meltdown online. Like, it's one of those things, it's just this fucking, like, just complete... I, I don't know how you... Because you, I get it, it's so ingrained into a lot of these people who have ties to Israel and things like that. Like, it's... I don't. I don't know how this ends, and I'm upset. I hate to be redundant with a lot of episodes, but I mean, like I said, we're reading reports. People are eating fucking grass and drinking dirty water over there because they're straight up not allowing. If you watch videos, they're straight up not allowing humanitarian aid in there. They've got guns and shit. They're yeah. like Rwanda in the '90s, where it's like the UN tries to help people, and they've got fucking people with machetes at the border waiting for them. It's like you cross this line, we'll kill you too. It's just fucking nuts you can thank the uh, the lesser of the two evils joe biden for spearheading this uh, uh like the, the gutting of the fucking uh under which is uh basically been palestine's lifeline for the last fucking like since october the fucking un volunteer uh aid agency the only people have been able to fucking send food and supplies in there america britain fucking denmark of all places uh, decided to cut funding and, uh, yeah, fun fact, Belgium uh, decided not to cut funding and their uh, embassy was immediately bombed yeah. in Gaza. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how that happened. Yeah, it's like um, tit for tat, I guess. But I, I, I wanted to bring this up because old uh, old, uh, old uh, witch lady Nancy Pelosi did that interview saying that all Palestinian fucking supporters are basically tools for Russia. They're in front of my house all the time. So I... I, I have a feeling for what feelings they have. But we have to think about what we're doing. And what we have to do is try to stop the suffering and gossip. But for them to call for a ceasefire is Mr. Putin's message. Mr. Putin's message. Make no mistake, this is directly connected to what he would like to see. Same thing with Ukraine. It's about Putin's message. I think at this point they know they're in trouble with the young generation. His approval rating is in the fucking toilet. Like, I, I just saw a video and it was so funny to me because I see all these people talking about online, all these, like, lib quarters of the internet. Trump will be the worst dictator in history. Meanwhile, fucking 
fucking Nancy Pelosi, this this old witch, is saying like we're gonna sick this FBI on fucking protesters. Like this, the ghost of Lyndon B. Johnson just came back, and Trump's supposed to be a dictator, and they're fucking doing this shit. I don't get it. I don't fucking understand it. Same shit, different brand. Yeah. Like fucking MLK was a. Uh... Uh, RFK Jr. Uh, is like third in the polls, like just behind Joe Biden. He uh, defended his dad's decision to uh, wiretap MLK because MLK was like getting fucking spied on by the FBI. J. Edgar Hoover thought he was a communist. And RFK Jr. was like, look, we had to wiretap him to prove that he wasn't a communist. And it's like, we're just doing that again. We're, we're just going to set fucking the FBI on civil rights protesters and. Like Zoomers who are marching for this incredibly milk toast ceasefire. I, I, I've said this, and we talked about this off off mic, but I firmly believe this: America wants a dictatorship. It doesn't matter if you're left wing or right wing; they all want a dictatorship. The right wing, so they can kill everyone they don't like, and the liberals, because they want to live in like they they want to have that like moment of like. I feel like Donald Trump with getting elected broke a lot of their brains because if you ever go on like Reddit uh, political boards, it's you really read about like Joe Biden funding a genocide. Like, well, imagine if Trump was in office. Who gives a shit? Look outside your window, buddy. Trump ain't president right now, and there's fucking horror going on halfway around the world. But I guess because he doesn't say grab him by the pussy out in public, that makes it okay. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? I yeah. feel I feel like like all the all the older like conservatives now are like we're all ride or die for all the stupid shit are now becoming neocons and it's the same with liberals. It's just age just kind of mellows you out. Like, well, let's focus on business interests now. The whole pitch of Joe Biden was you vote for him and you won't have to think about politics anymore. It's like Yemen, fucking Gaza. Oh, like. Israel is probably going to start a war in Lebanon that fucking the United States is going to back them up to the fucking tilt with. The, 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 the fucking pressure is like at an all-time high and it's purely fucking Joe Biden's fault. Like, Trump is somewhat capable. He moved the embassy, uh, the American embassy to uh, Jerusalem. He signed the fucking Abraham Accords, which like fucking like a fire in front of a lot of people's asses. But Joe Biden is like... He's basically gave the green light for Israel to basically start World War Three because yeah. Israel wants a war for Iran. That that's the fucking end goal, and if that happens, then it's it's fucking yeah, it's game over. Yeah, fucking. And everyone's on board for it. Like all the fucking um, liberals who fucked up George W. Bush during the Iraq War, they're fully on board for like nuking Iran. <laughs> it's it's fucking nuts. It's literally just like again. I think it's just. It's at this point we're so cooked. Let's just do what we can now before we lose. Like, I feel like that's part of it is just this. Yeah, this. Everyone has, like, the capitalist fear, lots of mindset about, like, what is going to happen at some point. So it's, it's either going to be on, like, conservatives' terms or liberals' terms. And guys like us are just, we're stuck in the middle. Us who are like, hey, maybe we shouldn't commit genocide or just sitting here being apparently we're too pussy for them no we we will be the first to like die in the draft because because oh, yeah. fucking you're hearing talks about like britain's toying with the like idea of bringing back the uh, national service there's like yeah let's uh construct a bunch of zoomers to go die in russia on behalf of the fucking ruling class why <laughs> why do you think that's a good idea I, I i guess i think they're just so cooked they're like fuck it let's do what we've always wanted to do but never could it's like the last day of school and you start smoking in the bathroom because you're like, fuck it, I'm not coming back here. Fuck this shit. Like, that's what it feels like to me, but 
Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. I'm sure that'll definitely get the Zoomers to vote uh, liberal in the next election if you introduce a fucking conscription service. That's fucking great. There's the reason why Vietnam was like the last draft war. Because America like very quickly realized that you can't win wars by sending disgruntled teenagers yeah. out to fucking the middle of nowhere. Which is why like from that war onward, like Iraq, Afghanistan, it's like yeah, volunteer force, highly trained volunteer force. Yeah, yeah. And now if we want the, like this final war for Russia and China, we need a vastly bigger military. And that means fucking like yeah, fucking sixteen year olds have to go die for us. It's good shit. That's great. It's it's. I can't wait for. Uh, I just can't wait for the presidential election in America, just to see. Let's we'll see where this goes. You know, in the in the head. You know, the next couple months. Uh, but speaking of, um, I want to end this. Uh, this isn't exactly a lighthearted story, but it really is. I think ties into our main topic today because there was a story that came out in Pennsylvania um, a few days ago about a man who lost his mind would be the nicest way to say this and posted a video um with his father's head in a fucking pot saying that joe biden he was basically declaring that joe biden advocates i'm now the new president i'm not going to post any of the audio because it's very fucking disturbing but yeah we would get banned just to post like yeah even if he's like saying the audio for this we will get banned oh it's it, i've listened to it it's incomprehensible and the craziest part is is that he's reading a script as he describes this yeah. um, his name is justin moan uh, is the guy's name he he posts a 15 minute video with his father's severed head and then goes to an army base with a gun because like i guess this was like he believes he's running some like he's gonna be the new head of the militia or something like this is complete schizoid behavior so i can't really begin to comprehend it i had this i had this epiphany when when i saw when i read this story it was it's so funny how like isis videos used to be like the the ultimate scary thing for conservatives the idea that like guys would post videos online of beheadings like even going back to like 2003 the daniel pearl uh incident where they kidnapped that journalist and killed him uh but isis videos were always like the scary boogeyman now conservatives are just fucking doing that now now they're just beheading people and posting it on the internet for everyone to see the fucking uh, conservative movement finally killing its oats. The Republican Party since like the 40s has basically just been white Al Qaeda. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, we're white ISIS now. We're, we're just gonna fucking like, gonna behead me one people because they're like milk toast government employees. And because the government's this uh, pedo deep state, like, low level quirks are complicit in it. So yeah, it's time to die, people. I'm well, gonna, I mean... I'm gonna hold your fucking, I'm gonna hold your head up to a camera as I give this like Elliot Roger fucking supreme gentleman speech. Oh Jesus! But the thing about that also is the fact that I mean, this is the end result if you if you consistently tell your audience. I've said this on this podcast. I feel like forever now. If you consistently tell your your constituents that their enemies are like demons and pedophiles and you're not doing anything to stop them, they're going to force the end. This is the, the, the result of every doomsday cult. This is why QAnon is so fucking dangerous, because if if the supposed heroes of this story are not going to fix this, we have to fix it. And sometimes, you know, in, this, in a situation where you're fighting the literal devil, uh, it's going to have to result in, as we said, killing mom and people. So, as I've said, this is going to be, we're going to see a lot more of this going forward, I feel like, especially when the election winds up of 
just completely mentally unstable people who've fallen down a rabbit hole of terminally online bullshit fucking snap. In the good old days, if you wanted to watch like a disturbing beheading video, you'd have to go into the dark web. Whereas now, like, you can just go on Twitter and watch that. You can go on TikTok and watch a bunch of Israelis dabbing on dead Palestinians. Yep. Oh, I, I found that video very fucking easily. It was not hard. It was on comments and fucking Reddit, for God's sakes. Like, it's just out there. Mm. This nightmare fuel yep. of a fucking video that is just... Yeah, it's just out there for everyone to watch in case you want to see it. Like, mainstream internet now is just snuff porn. Have you, have you, have you ever seen 8mm? The way of, uh, like, the world of snuff porn is presented and that is like, oh, it's this seedy underground thing. If you, if you even mention it, people will beat you up. Because it's such a taboo subject where it's now like, yeah, just download Telegram and you can watch for children getting blown away with RPGs. We're so starved for content now. Fucking Marvel movies aren't cutting anymore, so I guess snuff films now. Sure, fuck it. Why not? Last thing we heard out of Dubai was that Conrad was leading a caravan of survivors out of the city. That was six months ago. Then, two weeks ago. We picked up this transmission. This is Colonel John Conrad, United States Army. Evacuation of Dubai has been in complete failure. Death toll. Too many. Speaking of uh, watching war crimes on TV, uh... Yeah, so uh, I brought it up on the top of this episode. We're doing Spec Ops The Line. This was a game that, when it came out, it was like this sort of... It wasn't really a hit. It kind of wallowed for a while, but now it's like 12 years after its release, it has become like this... It's one of the few video games I would say has is a genuine cult classic because you see so many video games like... The idea of a cult classic doesn't really exist in video games. I played it when it came out because I remember seeing ads for this thing and like I loved the setting, the idea of, you know, Dubai being a fucking nightmare hellscape and I was like, oh, that's fun setting and then I played it and playing this game when you're a young child is <laughs> deeply, deeply troubling. Not fun. Not fun at all. This is about as far away from Call of Duty as you can get. If, if you're playing fucking like modern warfare as a teenager there's like some fucked up shit in that but for the most part it's bog standard war stuff yeah whereas man. halfway through this game you're forced to fucking like commit war crimes against civilians oh it's, yeah uh... so the, the thing about this game that like one of the reasons i think this game is so effective is that this came out you have to really put yourself in the mindset of being in 2012 when this game came out why it's so effective is that in the, in the year of 2012, Call of Duty is the biggest game series in the world. Battlefield's making a huge comeback. You had, like, other stuff. You had, like, you had, like Mass Effect 3. You had Borderlands 2. And this game was just sort of this... It was made by a nobody studio, like a B-level studio in Germany. It was... There's apparently a whole series of Spec Ops games. They were, like, bargain bin shooters. Like the Remember, like, 2004, 2003, where you used to go to, like, a old like game store you could find like these old pc games that they were made by they, they were like like old vietnam shooters and shit like that like soldier of fortune low budget shit like that yeah and i, I remember playing those in the initial playstation and one sticks out in my mind it's a like helicopter simulator where you're fucking flying through the panama canal bobbing people <laughs> and that was like a 
<laughs> fucking OG PlayStation game. Yeah, that's what I mean. War, war in video games is weird, and this game very much was a response to Call of Duty. It's not just also Call of Duty to be hit. It's very much, I think, the ultimate post-9-11 video game because Call of Duty Modern Warfare was very much like a, a response to 9-11 in the world of video games because people forget how fucking massive Call of Duty 4 was when that came out. That game literally mm. raised an entire generation of people in the military right now. People were literally, like, signed up for the military because they loved that game so much. Call of Duty is kind of a meme now, but back in, like, 2012, 2013, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2 were, like, especially Modern Warfare 2, that was, like, the biggest game. Like, you come home from high school and you, you play that game until fucking, like, half four in the morning. Oh, yeah, and no. That's, I, that's I, the game roughly everyone plays. I, I did, too. And it's um it's one of those, like, games. But, yeah, this Spec Ops was one of those games. It had a very... This game came out with pretty much no real... Like, there was interest for it because of the setting, but it was pretty much like it had the look of a Gears of War clone. It was third person. I it's this cover system as straight Gears of War. No, the thank you Oh yeah, no, um, it has um, it uses the Unreal Engine as well, which is what uh, Gears of War does. I love old Unreal games because they all like, particularly old mm. Unreal Three games because they all have like that weird look to it. Everyone looks like they're made of fucking wax and shit. I was actually playing uh, Gears of War recently. It's um, I saw Games Pass and uh, yeah, like every game back then, very grey, generic, sure, like. Gears of War is like one of the most generic grey games I can think of, and then Spec Ops come along, comes along, and it's this very colourful, vibrant game, which makes some of the fucking war crimes pop. Uh, yeah, pop in a different way. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So this game, um, I may as well give a quick rundown um, of the setting of this. So it's set in Dubai um, in an unspecified future where climate change... That's what I love about this game. It's, it's not like set in the year 20XXX. This could happen like next week for all we fucking know. Yeah, so it, and it's also one of the few games I think I can think of that it doesn't bring up climate change, but this is very much a climate change type of situation where... Uh, and Dubai itself, it is like so funny. They built... They, you talked about it, it's the ultimate tourist trap. They built fucking... Disneyland in the middle of the desert and uh, any day now it's it's set to just fucking fall apart like glass but so it's set in this unspecified future where climate change just decimates Dubai everyone fucking has to flee and the city it, it turns into like it looks like a Mad Max type of thing where just and the juxtaposition of like you have these incredibly giant glass skyscrapers Rolls Royces complete decadence of the higher class just being decimated, covered in sand and blood and dirt. And it's such a... It, the, the visuals of this game, I, I, I cannot stress how how visually just interesting this game is. Even from, like, the boring first few levels are still, like, when you're walking through the, the road to Dubai and you just see all those Rolls Royces and all these fucking vans just with dead bodies of them. It's kind of hard to articulate, like, how big the buildings in Dubai are. Like, Dubai actually has the most tallest building, the Burj Khalifa, which is the final set piece of this game. So just the idea that, like, the sand can swallow, like, basically, like, entire buildings, like, half-fucking-skyscrapers is it's kind of unfathomable. And then you play the game. The set pieces in this are some of the best I've ever seen in a video game. Sand in this game is used as... It's so funny the way it starts off. It's like a gimmick. 
and then it becomes more and more just terror, especially when the levels when the sandstorms show up and just throwing cars and shit. It's crazy, but yeah. So you you play as a guy named Captain Walker and his two buddies Adam and Lugo, and it's very much start. This game starts very much like your generic. They're all like all dude bro dialogue. Hey, command wants us to look around. We look around. I don't know. Sounds like a waste of three stone-cold, ruggedly handsome Delta operators such as ourselves. Think of it as a paid vacation. Well, for future reference, I prefer my beaches with a three-to-one sexy lady dead body ratio. Lugo, do you ever actually hear the shit coming out of your mouth? No, I do not, sir. I find it messes with my rhythm. Beaches and sand and pussy and... You know, we're gonna go save the people, and they never really say what their actual mission, why only three Delta Force operatives are just sent to fucking Dubai, when the whole city has just been completely desolated, and they, they never really give a reason for that. We'll get into it when we get into more of the disturbing aspects of this game, but the way this game is structured narratively is amazing, because it starts... Again, very much like your usual Call of Duty Gears of War clone. Lots of dude bro dialogue. You're shooting a whole bunch of... You're literally shooting, like, poor people living in squalor. Like, just supposed Middle Eastern terrorists. The first year life was our call of duty. Like, intentionally, you're fighting, uh, like, genetic uh, Arab insurgents. And then by, like, Mission 4, you're fighting renegade American soldiers. And as I think about it, I've, like, never seen that in a video game before. Maybe, like, the end of Modern Warfare 2... And even then, that's just, like, genetic mercenaries. Yeah. Whereas here, you're fighting American soldiers. Yeah, they're the bad guys. The American soldiers are the villain. Actually, the CIA is more of the real, like, quote-unquote villain of this. But, yeah, this game, um, a lot of people... It's so funny. If you read about this, a lot of the comparisons you read about the game, they're less, like, Call of Duty and more, like, Silent Hill 2. Which, if you've played mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2, you would think, why is a shooter compared to Silent Hill 2? Well, if you've played this game, if, and I'm assuming our audience has, this is a slow burn to what it eventually turns into. This game is inspired by um, Heart of Darkness, which inspired Apocalypse Now, and the Radio Man is pretty much just Dennis Hopper's character from Apocalypse Now. Just some journalist, because if you if you actually find the collectibles, you can like kind of follow his descent into madness. He comes in like, Paradise of the Rich. Dubai. In all my days, I've never seen such a beautiful pile of junk. Murdoch's boys are running scared, but I'm in for the long haul, baby. The Gathering Storm, an exclusive eyewitness account of the fall of Dubai. Damn, if that title ain't what Pulitzers are made of. And then he finds the mass grave of aid workers. They say a paranoid is just someone with all the facts. Well, <laughs> I don't have all the facts, but I'm officially fucking scared. I don't want to believe city officials are executing foreign aid workers or what that might mean for the evacuation. But the facts, man, you can't ignore the facts. Then he starts to kind of become a, a soldier of this this charismatic colonel because the last tape you find of him is he's interviewing Conrad. He's like, call me John. Shall we start? You're not recording this, are you? What? No. No, of course not. Good. I, I don't want... People need to hear my words, not my voice. I totally understand. Yes, I think you do. You've been a friend these past months. It has been helpful having someone who just listens. That's that's very nice of you to say, sir. What are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. This this pen <laughs> didn't work. I, I, I got to get another one. 
and then the, the the guy turns the tape off. It's almost like, holy shit, I found someone here who's actually talking to me like a human being for once and not just a raving lunatic. My favorite uh, Jake Busey info drop is um, he's interviewing some fucking uh, Dubai chic. Oh, it's a real coincidence that all you guys evacuated two days before uh, this massive storm. I know every expat, fat catty, and Marathi hightailed it out of Dubai on permanent vacation. Two days before your office shit-canned a news piece about the storms. <laughs> yeah, and I know your wife and kids left this morning, and I know your mistress is leaving town tonight. You know nothing of Dubai, my friend. If you did, you would know the truth is whatever we wish it to be. Any evidence you find to the contrary will never change that. Get out of my office. The other great info dump is the this the audio logs in this game are fucking fascinating. It's the some of the CIA guys, like one of them's talking about like situation dismal. That's an understatement. Civilians have turned into vultures. Stealing, rioting. Hell I saw a man got it over a can of soda. It's a mess here. Soldiers trying to keep martial law, only making it worse. No way to radio HQ from inside the storm wall. Agent Daniels has left the OZ to report our findings and receive further instructions. Langley's not going to like what we have to say. Got a feeling they'll return the favor. Even though Dubai is full of like trinkets and stuff, it's it's still pretty much a scavenger hunt because basically everything's been fucking covered up by sand. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, metal drops is um. He finds out the uh, insurgents are using, uh, like, melting down jewelry to use as bullets. In old horror movies, they always use silver to kill the monster. Stakes, crosses, bullets, didn't matter. So long as it was silver, these hostiles are using silver bullets to kill soldiers. Guess that makes us monsters. Seems they're melting down everything they can get their hands on. Cufflinks, jewelry, flatware. Reeks of desperation, but it's smart. In Dubai, a bullet's worth more than a necklace. It's kind of funny when you think about it. But the fucking armies and CIA's hold it, uh, hold it all. Yeah, or I love also the one where you go to the refuge, like before you get to the refugee camp, he finds the doll, and it's like mm. silk used for a dress, diamonds as eyes. This was made here. Yeah. Like these people are living in fucking hell. And they're they're taking all this like the, again the, the the perversion of all this wealth and decadence being turned into this like he says in that audio log they're using silver bullets to kill the monsters like literally and yeah. now yeah as obviously you go through the game and there's a lot of uh, the CIA is involved and this is one of the few games I've seen where the CIA is portrayed as they actually should be which is complete pieces of shit you don't really see it often maybe in some eighties films like Seagal films the CIA are portrayed as bad guys, but you don't really see that in video games. Mostly because the uh, like American games industry has a very cushy relationship with like the DOD and the fucking State Department. Oh, yeah. Whereas uh, Jaeger's a German company, they don't have to worry about stuff like that so they can actually portray the CIA. Well, mostly, yeah, also this game didn't have a... Um, one of the other things that's so fucking crazy about Call of Duty is they actually have like licenses with actual gun manufacturers and shit they are like car commercials it's like the heckler and clock new gun in call of duty isn't it awesome whereas here they they this game was made on a relatively smaller budget and they didn't have they didn't have to worry about that kind of stuff but yeah the cia the um the game kind of slowly you kind of worry they're gonna make them here because you have the character of gould 
who's kind of a background noise for a little bit. And then the one time you see his character in person, he's being tortured in the street by fucking like that scene is harrowing where he's got the three civilians. and He's like, tell me where Riggs is and next. And they just grab this woman and like unload a fucking entire machine gun into like the side of her face. And it's, it's harrowing. It's pretty fucking harrowing to watch. The state of the uh, U S army fighting the CIA has, uh, I'm surprised you don't really see stuff like that anymore. Because that is like, did you ever watch um, what was it, uh, Ultimate Warrior on Bravo? They would pit like Roman centurions versus like oh, French cavaliers and shit like, to see who would win. Uh, my, yeah, it's like my, yeah, it's Ultimate Warrior who would win, fucking Spec Ops guy or CIA guy. Uh, my my favorite episode is still Taliban and the IRA. That's still the most <laughs> unhinged. <laughs> thing i've ever seen on television of course the ira fucking wins because irish supremacy yeah, for the win but also it's it would look you know yeah. this is like early 2000s so not a god that show was so fucking weird you had like al capone versus jesse james like yeah. lawrence of arabia and like teddy roosevelt i'm like who the fuck is writing this shit <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's actually you, you could not do that now. Like no. early two thousands media was the ultimate do bro shit, like Ultimate Warrior, Fear Factory, which fucking gave uh, Joe Rogan his uh, his like massive fucking wins. Oh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel used to host the Man Show before he became yeah, Man Show, yeah. a nice liberal talk show host. If anyone's looked that up, yeah, he used to do blackface before to becoming the uh, the king liberal. Yeah, uh, yep, it's good uh... stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But then, um, obviously, this game is probably best known for the white phosphorus scene, which um... yeah, it's, it's basically a parody of the uh, the scene from Modern Warfare, the fucking AC area, where you're just fucking dobbing uh, quote unquote terrorists from above. And it's like, yeah, uh, drop uh, drop white phosphorus on these soldiers, yeah. or whips you you killed a bunch of people. You I love how this is now. This is getting into the conspiracy of why I think this game was delisted. We talk about what's going on in Gaza. Um, I think Americans seeing a video game where you you get to see what white phosphorus does to a shitload of people. Because uh, white phosphorus, if you don't know, is napalm on fucking steroids. It is. The stuff of fucking nightmares, and I can imagine the U.S. Uh, government seeing this like, get rid of this right now. Even before uh, uh, the game got delisted right last month, the, this game was slowly starting to creep back into the public conscious. Like if you type in Spec Ops, um, the line into YouTube, there's a bunch of fairly big uh, retrospectives that came out like two or three months ago. And a lot of them reference fucking Ezio's uh, video liberal use of white phosphorus. Yeah, I, I have a suspicion. And considering 2K Games' involvement with the project wouldn't shock me if someone made a bad phone call here and there. Because they, they, they said it was due to music licensing, which I do not fucking yeah, believe. Because sure. they said that for Alan Wake, but that ended up coming back. I don't see this game ever coming back to the store. So if you have a copy... No. If, if you don't own this now, then you'll never get it. If, if you have this in physical cheat, that is fucking gold, because you're, you're not playing this game otherwise. No, but anyway, yeah, the white phosphorus scene, obviously, most people will know of this for that. That's how most people actually discovered white phosphorus. That's how most like young mm. people, like Call of Duty generation, playing this for the first time is always like, there's so many fun reaction videos of streamers. Oh my god, what have I done? Like, and I had that, re when I played this game for the first time, that scene... It hit me like a fucking truck. I cannot stress the, the 
fucking pain that had on me as a as a fucking like little teenager in the basement playing the fun shooter in this. Oh dear Jesus, what have I done? That was... And this is the lines of dialogue beforehand. Oh. You've got fucking Adams there, like we don't have to do this. We can find another way. And and your fucking hero is like, there is no other way. We, the, we have to do this that, if we want the, to move the forward. The scene that gets me is the one survivor you see. His face is completely charred, and he just whispers, "Why?" That is, and then he says, "We were helping." I, I, I didn't play this game when it came out because it, it did fly under the radar. I got it from the bargain bin like a few years after. I kind of knew what was coming, but yeah, seeing the charred corpse of the mother and child is uh, that shit sticks with you, man. Oh, it's haunting. And then right after that, this is when the horror shit starts to come in because it's already been pretty fucking harrowing to begin with, as I've said, mass graves and fucking not violent, crazy shit, and then. You notice the squad's commands are no longer tango down. It's shoot and kill that piece of shit. Hostile down! Round in hell, motherfucker! This game has one of those, like, like execution mechanics. Where execute him for extra ammo and health. And then the executions turn from the simple, like, snap his neck to him kneecapping a man and then shooting him in the head. Then, yeah, the violence starts to get much more barbaric and much more fucking scary. Like, I especially love how when you shoot a, a headshot a guy in this game, uh, the, the camera goes into slow motion. I hadn't played this for a, a long fucking time. I was very lucky to get this in sale before I got de-lossed. But I forgot that if you shoot someone point blank with a shotgun, their head will just oh, explode. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, like, fuck, man. It's like a little fucking nub, like red nub. It looks like an old cartoon steak. It's like a red nub with white. Mm -hmm. It's very... This game has a... It has a choice system, but it's not really a choice system. Mm -hmm. It's more just how bad... Can this be bad or worse? This is your choice. Because the one... It's, you know, there's the scene where um, we you can save Ghoul or save the civilians... Uh, you can shoot the guy who stole the water, shoot the guy who kills family. The one that always got me when I played this is, you did this too. I think it's chapter four. It's when you you go into the mall and you find out like the fucking prison camp that they've set up for the fucking civilians that the army has in this like fucking decadent mall yeah. full of Gucci and shit. And you're running, to, you're running through a, a tunnel and this random woman just runs into the screen and you will automatically shoot her. Usually you do, uh, because you're by this point you've Yeah, you're pretty much conditioned at that point to like shoot anyone who isn't like your two allies and yeah, the surrounded woman runs towards you and ninety nine percent of the time you will just shoot her. It's uh I mean uh, the reason it's so effective too for me is that the game does not chastise you for it. The game doesn't even acknowledge you did it. It's just like, oh, well, that sucks. Move on. Like, I see so many games now. We, we're we going to... Spoiler alert, I really want to do a Mass Effect retrospective at some point because... Yeah, this... That game the, has... Yeah, the, the, the whole game is about, like, choices and stuff. Do you do the good choice or the bad choice or, like, the least worst choice or where does he like, choices pretty much illusionary? Even if you save gold, he winds up dying anyway, so it's like... No, yeah, we let a bunch of civilians die to save this shitting CIA guy who dies like immediately. The way most video games handles choice is basically your mother Teresa or your Hitler. There's no in between. Yeah. And I've been playing a bit of The Last of Us recently, and I find that The Last of Us Part Two, and I find that game very fucking egregious with how it's like it's trying so hard to make you feel bad for shit you do, and just it just comes across as so disingenuous to me because the way that game like makes stealth killing so fun is the actual act of killing in this game is a very clunky, very messy, 
Like, the gunplay's competent, but it's not that polished. It's not as polished as something like Call of Duty. I think that works in its favor more than uh, something like The Last of Us, which is very polished gameplay and shit like that. You can get into cover, and that's about it. You can't, you can't even, like, crouch unless the game tells you to. Yeah, you actually have, like, like, one Gears of War mechanic, and that's it. The gameplay is incredibly clunky, which is uh, interesting, like, watching people play this, like, try to do a stealth run. It's kind of a possible with the fucking AI companions. The entirety of the quote-unquote tactical element of this game is point at target and they shoot him for you. Very, it feels very tacked on, but I, and what, but the reason it, it works for me is again, it just, the, the way that the, their commands get less like, take the target down to kill that motherfucker. Priority target! Focus on it! it. Take it out one of the, my favorite things reading about the production of this game was all three of the actors uh, recorded all of their lines in one day and in sequence. And you can tell because the, the gets very, they start to get very more like aggressive. You can sense the frustration because we've been here for fucking almost 12 hours recording this shit. The interesting voice cast, you've got Jake Buizzi, Tron as the evil Colonel Kurtz character, and fucking Nolan North. As, uh, as your main hero. Northern North back then was pretty much like a meme character. Like yeah. he was, he was like, have you ever played Saints Row 4? There's a Northern North voice often, which yeah. is but just one big joke. Where is he? He said it himself, this is like the crown jewel of his career. This is like the one game where he asked that. Because he's like best known for like playing like Uncharted, shit like that. He was very much, I used to confuse him with Troy Baker because they found, they sound very fucking similar. Yeah, genetic white guy. Yeah. yeah, very much generic white gruff guy. And this is a performance that's very much, particularly like the last bit when we get to the last couple chapters where he is just fully unhinged and screaming his dialogue. Uh, but yeah, obviously the, the thing I love going back to the game, why the CIA is so fucking evil is that mission where you go to like this water park. We need to get the water supply and then he crashes the trucks deliberately. It's to kill everyone because the US can, no one can know what we did here because we would be, what we did here is unforgivable. Also Gil's the guy you're supposed to save self the white phosphorus and he was going to use it until he got caught and fucking basically beat to death. There's no heroes in this, like, everyone's just fading degrees of shit. I would say, like, the only vaguely likable character is uh, Lego. He's, like, the only one with a conscious. He almost kills fucking Nolan North for that. setting off the fucking, uh, the white phosphorus. His, his end in this game is so sad when he gets lynched. Both your companions like die right at the end. One gets lynched, one fucking saves you from uh, getting gunned down by a helicopter. You know, I, and I, you just left alone to confront uh, Colonel Tron, this box later. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the twist in this is... Uh, uh, oh, I love it. Uh, but before we get to that, I, I read the book by the writer, the Walt Williams, uh, and he talked about uh, he wanted to do a DLC expansion for this called like the wrong road home where you find out Adams actually survives because you don't actually see him die. You, you know, he pushes you down and the Black Hawk helicopters just fucking destroy this, this outpost that they're at. And apparently it was supposed to include like 
Adams was completely disfigured. And he finds this lean-horned private scared shitless, and they kind of walk, try to get the fuck out of the city. And I don't know. It didn't. I don't know if it would have been necessary, but it's always fascinating to imagine like what else was what else was going on at the time because. This game has a yeah, very, like, you could see, like, if you look at early trailers for this game, it had a very different look to it. Uh, Walker didn't look the same. It felt almost more dynamic, and then something happened in production. I do enjoy before and after for video games. Like, if you watch the uh, the very first Borderlands trailer, it kind of looks like Final Fantasy. And then when you play it, it's just, like, incredibly cringy bullshit. Let's get to the twist here. Um... So you go to the Burj Khalifa after just fucking mayhem. Just I'm I'm like yeah. where's, where's... Actually the last building standing. That pretty yeah. much it's just the Burj Khalifa and um the way you walk in and you see what's left of well, halfway through the game uh, the soldiers are now just like these like special ops guys with body armor and they have these like really cool ass fucking helmets and shit and they surrender to you. Captain Walker, we're all that's left of the damn 33rd. We surrender, sir. Dubai is yours. Where is Conrad? Where he's always been. Upstairs, waiting for you. And that's the point where there's a theory that goes around if you if you read about this game that this is like a Jacob's Ladder situation where like he the because it opens with you in the helicopter with the minigun. And the theory goes is that's actually Walker eyeing, and the rest of it is like a Jacob's Ladder loop through hell. I do like that idea because, like, as soon as the uh, the plane crashes, the game just turns into Silent Hill. Like, you have the fucking burning Burj uh, Khalifa for the fucking ghosts of people you've killed throughout the game running towards it, it you. Literally looks and then like you get to the end, and it just yeah, it's just Silent Hill. It looks like the Eye of Sauron that scene where you're just staring <laughs> at this. And he just says, There were over 5,000 people alive in Dubai the day before you arrived. How many are alive today, I wonder? How many will be alive tomorrow? I thought my duty was to protect this city from the storm. I was wrong. I have to protect it from you. The fact that chapter 13, which is, you know, 13's an unlucky number, is where the game just completely descends into madness the ocean is nothing but sand you're like running through and just the scene that i love from that last chapter is the like the third chapter 13th chapter is you're in the refugee camp lugo's dead and you don't have to shoot the civilian mob but you do and that is where the game because the game starts like we're here to rescue civilians and then we just massacred like 50 fucking innocent people just trying to live. And officially your hero captain, he's already in shape ground. Now it's like, this guy is a fucking lunatic. This guy has lost his mind. As soon as the uh, the white phosphorus scene ends, you can tell like something snapped because he's hearing the fucking uh, colonel talking to him fight club style. Yeah. And that leads to the end where you find out that the colonel basically committed suicide like months ago at the start of all this shit. Yep. And you've basically been chasing a ghost. I, I love how he's painting the fucking portrait of your war crimes. That's another reason I think my last third of this game is just like a, a you in hell. Because he's painting that. And it is like a fight club thing where he's like taunting you almost. Literally like when he finds out he's dead he grabs the gun. He's like... It seems that reports of my survival have been greatly exaggerated. And this is where the game just straight up calls the player a piece of shit for even playing this game. I love that so much. It takes a strong man to deny what's right in front of him. And if the truth is undeniable, you create your own. The truth, Walker, is 
that you're here because you wanted to feel like something you're not, a hero. I'm here because you can't accept what you've done. It broke you. You needed someone to blame, so you cast it on me. You're a dead man. Leads to one of the most amazing endings to a game I ever see, where he gives you five seconds to pull. You either pull the trigger on him or you pull the trigger on yourself. I always found the suicide ending the, the probably the tonally the most the most con the consistent one because if I had learned that information after all this, I would have blown my brains out too. The, the endings uh, to this are interesting because you either reconcile with the fact that you've. That you're a fucking war criminal and walk home, or you just kill yourself, or you become the colonel. <laughs> you, you just fucking stick his uniform on, and it literally ends as it begins. Welcome to Dubai. Yeah, because it literally like there, you, there's technically three endings: you kill yourself, you go home with the army, or you kill all of them and you become like the slum lord of this fucking wasteland. That's probably the scariest ending. Just this guy has completely lost his fucking mind. It's it's. Yeah, just that last line. Falcon 1, this is command. Do you copy? We heard shots. Is everything okay? Sergeant Roberts, what is going on? Gentlemen, welcome to Dubai. It's like the end of Cycle when a Norman base is basically dead and the mother persona takes over. It's like, yeah, you are just the colonel now. You're in charge of this fucking hellhole. Again, the Silent Hill comparison very much like... Dubai is less of a setting, like Silent Hill and Silent Hill 2, it's less of a setting and more of just a construction of this man's complete descent into madness. Because particularly with some of the level design too, like, people bring up, you can see, like, the face of the colonel showing up randomly on billboards. And one of the other things about it, like, like that level where you fall out of the building and onto the street, how the fuck does he survive a fall that fucking long? Unless this is all, like, him just yeah. having a hallucination or something. One of the uh, like last games I finished before this was Arkham Knight, and as soon as you get doused with the uh, the scarecrow talks, and you just start seeing the Joker's face everywhere, and this Spec Ops is like the good version of that. It's like the less obnoxious version. Yeah. I like I like how um it's the new Suicide Squad game. Everyone fucking hates it. Everyone's pretending that like Arkham Knight was a good game. It's like <laughs> no, no. The last good Batman game was uh, Arkham City. I'm yeah. sorry. So funny, that game spent, what, like a decade in development hell? I swear to God, it was announced back before COVID, even. It, it got announced at the, uh, the start of the first Suicide Squad because uh, Deadshot is basically Will Smith and uh, the new Suicide Squad game. And if, if, if you're, we said it before, but if your game takes any longer than, like, three years, you should just give up. Yeah, th just, very, just call it Chris and move on. Very few, like, development hell for film can lead to something good like we've, we've seen movies that have had long productions that turned out to be successful but what's a video game that had a super long development and then turned out okay what the original prey might be the only one that comes off the top of my phone doom, yeah, that's doom 2016 maybe but it's a short fucking list yeah i can list like two games off my head but it's like vampire the masquerade 2 oh. i saw the new trailer for that and it just looks like like a watered-down version of what was originally intended, bare-bones RPG elements. It's they, like, fuck, They man. had to throw the whole script out because the writer got me too'd. And I saw that trailer, too, uh, and I hate to say this, keep the rapist script. It seemed better than this. Say whatever you want about uh, Chris Avalon, man. The guy can write a script. Oh, he can. Um, you know, it, it, that's the thing. It's a, like That was, like, I was a fun one. Like, all those guys got me too'd. I think one of the writers for the God of War reboot 
got got for cheating on his uh, wife or something. Boy. I'm surprised video games haven't really had their like Me Too moment. You know how many fucking rapists and dickholes are probably in this business? Yeah, the the, the director of uh, Spec Ops is the only Korean one. I sent you that uh, yeah. like Euro Gamer thing, yeah. where he's. Uh, He's, he's pissed. Very, yeah, he's very pissed. He, he's there's something interesting at the end. We'll maybe see Spec Ops in the future. There, there, there was supposed to be a sequel to this because it didn't do too hot box office-wise. We we never got it. How do you do a sequel How to this? How do you do a sequel to this? What we, we go to Vietnam? Like, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> we, go, we just go to different... We have, like, one in, like... I feel like you could do, like, an anthology thing, like, different wars, uh, but I, I don't... I've, I would probably do it as a prequel because you have lines of dialogue. Conrad and Hero were like surfing in a Kabul beforehand. I was like, yeah, that's, uh, let's do fucking war crimes in Afghanistan. Yeah, no, that's the problem. You can't really do it because then, like, we, we do a prequel where they're the good guys now yeah. after everything we just did. Fuck that. But this game is, is one of those, it didn't do well when it came out. Obviously, it was a commercial disappointment. <laughs> Uh, but it has found a life as a, again, a big cult favorite. Uh, it is it is yeah. a game that, as I've said, you can go on YouTube and <coughs> listen to so many fucking retrospectives that are very insightful, and the writer's done some... Like, it's so funny, Jaeger, after this, they never really made anything else noteworthy. They, they were going to do Dead Island 2 at one point, yeah. and then they had a falling out with Deep Silver, the publisher. That went so pretty fast. That was another game that had, like, a fucking long development. That was, like, a six-year... <laughs> they fired the developer, uh. hired the developers of Homefront 2, which tells you how bad shit was going. <laughs> like, fuck it, hire uh, these boy. guys who completely... You made a worse game than the original Homefront. That's impressive. Then I went to another, another bot shop. That's, yeah. uh... Yeah, to wrap this up, I whenever I play this, I go for the, um... The ending where he goes home with the military convoy. If he dies and everyone's dead and the world doesn't find out about these war crimes, whereas if Norman Roth goes home, I can picture him testifying to Congress. He, he's, he's the only way everyone finds out about, about Real um, hopium, these horrific war crimes. Really sucking yeah. on that hope right there. <laughs> Because that's like the de facto good ending. That, that is, but he has, everyone fucking dies otherwise. He has that line though. You know, Captain, we drove through this whole city to find you. We saw things. You don't mind me asking, what was it like? How'd you survive all this? Who said I did? And yes, that, that is a haunting yeah. line because that, that implies that he is dead and this is like a Jacob's Ladder loop of, of hell. It, that's definitely a positive way to look at the most black-pilled game in existence. Because that's really... It's so funny that this game, it has in a lot of ways inspired a lot of other developers. Like, you look at stuff like This War of Mine, which is, you know, about basically about fucking Sarajevo. And uh, you have Papers, Please, and even something as botched as, like, Last of Us 2, at least. Like, you could tell someone on that staff played this game and took huge influence from it because they tried to do the whole, like, both sides are evil shit. Although they don't do it as well because Last of Us is a much more commercially, like, viable product. We can't go that fucking far. Even uh, Call of Duty did take some influence from this. Oh, like, yeah. the, the, the games after uh, Modern Warfare 2 are, like, very different, like, very clearly, like, kind of influenced by this. Even subtly. It's up there with Halo for me as, like, one of the all-time great quasi-political shooters. Halo is, like, my R911 game. Oh, yeah. Where you play, like, generic American space marine fighting fucking a space cult 
that <laughs> wants to destroy the world. Uh, actually, the original Halo is pretty fucking interesting for its time, aside from... It gets actually a genuinely interesting game before it gets turned into the big... Like, that first yeah, game, Combat Evolved, which actually had some interesting stuff, but, like, the Flood yeah. shit, that was interesting, and then just kind of... Yeah. Halo 2 also had a very bot production and that turned out well. I would say that's like probably the best example of that. Probably. Halo 2 is great. I love Halo 2. Uh, Halo 3 not so much. Halo 3 is kind of... It has uh, as, a, as a send-off it's alright, but yeah. This, I do yeah, love the problems. last boss. You could just shoot him like twice. Like it's just a ball <laughs> float. That's hilarious. That's objectively funny as hell. It's so funny that game started life as a like... What was it? Like an RTS for the Mac? And then it just became the the blockbuster. It became like like the, the post nine eleven's uh, answer to Doom almost. That game that just yeah. got an entire generation hopped on shooters. This guy's called Combat Evolved for a reason. Shooters before Halo were like generic Wolfenstein Doom clones, and then Halo comes along and reinvents the entire genre. Yeah. You will see that occasionally, like more uh, the first Modern Warfare also fucking redefined the genre, and so did Spec Ops and. Uh, that is always... I think it's one of the few video games that actually is political, has some political teeth to it. Because it has the, you know, it brings up, hey, the CIA's evil and U.S. interventionism is a terrible idea. These are not, like, particularly grand ideas, but for video games, this is downright revolutionary. What the fuck these, these German guys did with this. But yeah, uh, that's uh, that's Spec Ops the line. Uh, would you recommend it to the audience? Yes, but you should you should go in knowing what you're getting because yeah, teenage us playing this game fucking shook me. And I, I don't like think of like I, I was never really into like shooting games. Like yeah, I played fucking all the Call Duties and shit, but I've never like gave them any greater thought. Whereas this is like. The, this is my favorite shooting game, but not because it's like fun to play. Shooting games are very much like they're like the video game equivalent to like Marvel movies. You kind of put yeah. them on, you you go for a ride, and then you fucking you never think about it again. Very few shooter games like really for me stick out of my mind, but this one's the one that again it has a it has the balls to say things other games won't do, and that makes it much more interesting than your average fucking Call of Duty game. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I would recommend it, uh, but, yeah, be prepared for, if you can even play it at this point, I have a suspicion that they're gonna, a lot of people are gonna do everything they can to suppress this game as much as they can, so, uh, yeah, pirate this fucking game, because that's the only, you know, it's so funny, people talk about video game preservation, piracy really is the only true video game preservation that we have at this point especially when you have the ceo of ubisoft saying that people should get used to not owning video games what what do you expect the reaction to that's going to that, be that was some, like that was some mask off shit i remember him saying that. I'm like <laughs> damn damn bro you you just you don't give a fuck but yeah nah. uh yeah so pirate it uh get a copy i have my old ps3 copy so i'm definitely gonna hold nice. on to that uh, but yeah, that's, yeah. um, we talked about doing this, but I, we were going to do this month a whole bunch of 9-11, like particularly post 9-11 stuff. It's, it's divided between like the Bush years and the Obama years. The Bush years, it's this gung-ho bullshit of duty games and stuff, and then Obama comes along and we have to start like critically thinking about all this stuff, which is why we have Spec Ops. It's fucking hard, man. Keep an eye out for more episodes. Stay safe, stay happy, and for the love of God, uh, stay the fuck away from sand, everyone. <laughs> it's, it's so coarse and rough, and it gets everywhere. What now, sir?
Huh? The men are asking. What do we do now? We complete our mission. And what mission would that be, sir? Just get me a cut. Radio? This is Captain Martin Walker, requesting immediate evacuation of Dubai. Survivors. One too many. <laughs> <laughs>